0: Hello, everyone. Dr. Alan Mishra with another edition of Vitality Explorer podcast. This is a special one. This is the 100th Vitality Explorer podcast, and I can't believe we've reached that milestone. We're going to start with a quote as we always do, and this one is from Nelson Mandela. It always seems impossible until it's done. It always seems impossible until it's done. From Nelson Mandela. So I guarantee you I didn't think I'd ever get to 100 podcasts, but I thought that was impossible. Um, But anyway, I digress. Our goal here with the podcast, as always, is to optimize vitality one person at a time. We provide readers and listeners of the podcast uh, with specific scientific information about how to improve your physical, mental, social, and spiritual well-being. If you like what you're listening to, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We are now heard in more than 75 countries all over the world. It's pretty staggering to me that there's that many people all over the, I think, well, I take that back. It's 73. So exaggerated. But as of right now, I just looked it up. It's 73 countries um, from all over the world. I hope we can get two more in the next week or two to get up to 75 countries. But that's pretty crazy. I am delighted to be doing this. For those people who have been listening to this for a long period of time, they know that I, I really enjoy doing it. We, we now have over 400 posts and podcasts on the Vitality Explorer Substack stacks diet. I encourage you to check that out. Our core mission here is to help you understand that vitality is a skill and it is a gift that you give yourself by taking ownership over your decisions. And this week's uh, topics are gonna be awesome in terms of helping people with those two things. And the first one, is connected to what happens next week, which is turn, the calendar turns over to 2024. And that is run your four minute mile. The second one is Queen Elizabeth's and Betty White's longevity lessons. And the third one is a new piece of evidence suggesting that lifting weights increases your brain power. Okay, So let's dive right into run your four minute mile. The question I have for people at this time of year is people put together oh, New Year's resolutions and they put up lists of things they want to do. Sometimes they want to have like a higher percentage, so they'll make them. Maybe I'm only going to do four things on my list this year and hope I get three of them. Uh, some people will make 10 of them, hoping to get two. Well, I got a different version of that. I want you to think about what you could do in 2024 that seems impossible. No, I'm not kidding. I want you to really think about this. And that is in the context of this story about Roger Roger Bannister. Now, Roger Bannister executed on the Impossible nearly 70 years ago. So he ran a 359.4 mile on a muddy track in Oxford, England on May 6th, 1954. So, you know, we're maybe five months short of 70 years and we're still talking about that. And let me explain why and we'll kind of go through the story, but Minister spent most of that day, May 6th, working as a medical student and then shocked the world shortly after the starting gun fired at 6 p.m. that night at the, at the track in Oxford. He ran a sub four minute mile, which had been considered an insurmountable barrier. Let me give you a little quote. A uh, quote, <clears throat> and you can look at the resources from which I derived all this data from at the Vitality Explorer Substack site. But here's a quote. Quote, for more than a decade, the world record for the mile remained stuck at 4.01 minutes, so four minutes and one second. Quote, many thought it was unbreakable and dozens of medical journals reported that it was physiologically impossible for the human body to break the barrier. Now I looked at some of those studies and it was kind of like, okay, how much oxygen how much carbon dioxide can the human lungs expel? What's the the work that is required to propel a human body around a track? And a lot of the data suggested that it was physiologically impossible. Peer reviewed published data, which supposedly is pretty good, right? And the other thing that Bannister had was a problem. He was considered a lone wolf because he didn't have any elite coaching and that he smashed the barrier with an iconoclastic routine. And let's let's go for another quote uh, from a British journalist, John Bryant. Quote, for many years, Milers had been striving against the clock, but the elusive four minutes had always beaten them. It had become as much a psychological barrier as a physical one. And like the unconquerable mountain, the closer it was approached, the more daunting it seemed. Okay. So initially Bannister focused on the same punishing training regiments that everybody else was doing, all the premier athletes at that time. And what they were doing is just really trying to run themselves into the ground. And his version of that was running 10 quarter mile repeats at race pace with just two minutes rest in between. So basically he tried to run around the track, um, in a minute, take two minutes off and then do it again, 10 times. Unfortunately, despite trying his best, He couldn't get get those repeats done in anything less than 61 seconds, leaving him way behind the four-minute mark. Remember, 4.04, which if he ran 4.61, would be way behind even the the record of 4.01. All right, so Banner was beyond frustrated, um, and he thought that the the sub-four-minute mile was indeed impossible. But he did something interesting. He paused in his frustration, and he took three days off. And that was, again, considered heresy training gurus at that time advocated for relentless running to achieve, to achieve the lofty goals, like running up in the hills at 10 miles, running repeats on the track, you know, and they just wanted over and over and over again. But when, after he took three days off, he surprisingly was able to do the 10 repeat quarter miles in just 59 seconds. Think about that. All right. That's when he began to execute on his two pronged approach to breaking the four minute mile. And that was number one, you can't get away from this. He was doing number one, the punishing quarter mile repeats, but this time in under 60 seconds. And the second was quote, periodic total rest to produce freshness, improve speed and permit the body to adapt and recover. Now, why am I going through this thing from 70 years ago? The reason I thought it, you know, I thought this was important is I thought what Bannister did was a heroic feat of running. And he had this novel concept of working at that time, novel concept of working very hard, but then resting. And I think we can learn a lot. And the calendar is gonna turn over to 2024 in just a few days, but I want us to suspend our disbelief that we can do something impossible. I think there's an opportunity when somebody uses that word. And the few days we have less creates that opportunity to devise a plan to execute on our lofty dreams, our crazy, crazy dreams, right? Now, I'm going to plead guilty to being an indomitable optimist. I've been called that since I was in high school, and I will absolutely plead guilty to that charge. But I would much rather not hit whatever crazy goals I have and fail while dreaming greatly than live in the cold, dark world of pessimists. Paraphrasing obviously a little bit of Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt's Live in the Arena, but that's one of my favorite speeches of all time. So my challenge for all of us today is to think about our own personal four-minute mile. What seems impossible? What seems impossible to you today? Is that a personal goal? Is that a professional goal? What is out of reach? And what could we do if we could just silence the voice of judgment in our heads? So Here's the specific vitality action suggestion. I want you to write down the four-minute mile version of your version of whatever a four-minute mile was. Again, it can be something physical, be something mental, social, or spiritual. It could be personal or professional. But once you write that down, once you write that impossible thing down, I want you to set your motor to run hard on repeat. And understand it's gonna be a pain in the butt. Understand it's gonna be arduous. Embrace the challenge of the equivalent of 10 quarter-mile sprints with two minutes off per sprint. Now, again, this is for running. This is for running. But obviously, if you're writing a book, if you're trying to do something with a relationship, there's, you know, you're not going to be running around the track. But the metaphor here is to say you're going to have to do something repetitively, do it well, and repeat it with, with a little bit of rest in between. And that's, not, that's the hard part here's the here's the part that I want you to try to believe in, is that you can turn your motor off and rest. Don't check your phone, read a real book, sleep, take a hike, meditate, pray, take two weeks off, whatever it is, spend time chilling with your friends and your family, and then re- return to per- turning your motor hard, on hard and repeat. Now, I, I know this sounds kind of a, a little crazy, I want you to share your comments or your thoughts about this in in the section below. You can also, again, look at all the resources that I did, I I studied to deliver the discussion of Roger Bannister breaking the four minute mile. And one of the most important things is that just, I don't know, I think it was three weeks afterwards, some guy named John Landy down in Australia broke the four minute mile, and within a year, six other people broke the four minute mile. So it was indeed not a physiologic barrier, not an impossibility, but more a psychological barrier. So what barriers are you putting down in front of yourself that you could possibly construct something to get over or smash through those barriers? Because too often, too often I thought that we are our own worst enemy when we're trying to do something really, really difficult. So thank you for indulging me about something. A uh, little disclaimer here. <clears throat> I did run track in high school and I was, a long time ago, uh, the Olympic team doctor for the US decathlon. So running, track and field, chariots of fire, they're all favorite things of mine. And I hope it resonates with just at least a few people out there to to think about breaking through the four minute mile barrier in whatever you wanna do in 2024. Second thing we're gonna talk about on the Vitality Explorer uh, podcast today is Queen Elizabeth and Betty White's longevity lessons. Now we had done separate, on these before, but when I pulled them together, I was like, wow, this is kind of fascinating. Um, Queen Elizabeth died at at 96 and Betty White died at 99, obviously both living into their mid to late 90s, and they massively outlived their life expectancy. They were born in the 1920s, and at that time, the average woman lived to about 60 years old. So women who were born in the 20s lived to about 60. So both of these women lived 35, almost 40 years longer than the average person. And how did they live so much longer than expected? Well, they had two things in common. And the first is they both had a profound sense of purpose. Queen Elizabeth dedicated her life to serving her people, her country, and the world. And Betty White had a very uh, strong sense of purpose, according to her fellow comedian Ted Danson, and had a clear sense of why she was on the planet and what she wanted to do with her precious time. So that's number one. They knew why they were here. They had a specific purpose. The second is, wait for it, because this is connected to our first one about breaking the four-minute mile. They were indomitable, resilient optimists. Okay. Queen Elizabeth led her country through challenging times, uh, many, many challenging times. And Betty White in a People magazine cover story was quoted as saying, I always try to find the positive. So purpose and optimism have clear longevity value based on published literature. And a higher sense of purpose is something we've talked many times about on Vitality Explorers. There's lockdown evidence that if you know your purpose, you are literally going to live longer. Okay, that's where it's something we talk about in terms of pinpointing your peak purpose. The one study, which we haven't discussed too much, but I think is fascinating, is that optimists live up to 15% longer and have a higher odds of achieving, ex- quote, exceptional longevity. And the study was uh, defined exceptional longevity as 85 or longer. Now, they obviously did other things with their lives. Queen Elizabeth enjoyed walks outside and, and with her corgis and horseback riding so she was getting some exercise. She didn't smoke. She slept eight hours, or eight and a half hours a day. well, both of them only drank in moderation, but they drank different things. And this is what's kind of interesting. Uh, And again, when Queen Elizabeth died, there was a lot of conversations about this, but apparently the queen consumed a single Dubonnet cocktail every night for 50 years. Now, I've been accused of enjoying a cocktail once in a while, so I was like, what is a Dubonnet cocktail? I did not know what it was. But I certainly wanted to know if there was something magic in this elixir and what it consists of is about one and a half ounces of the finest gin you can find and then zero according to one recipe 0.75 ounces of duvenet rouge which is basically red wine fortified with quinine I can add a lemon peel or orange peel and ice to top it off i'm not sure it sounds that great uh, gin and red wine together but give it a try if you're interested or you can look it up online to see a little bit more about what the queen's cocktail is all about Betty White clearly loved doing what she was doing. And Sandra Bullock, the movie star, uh, was quoted as saying she has, quote, celebrated every day of her life with humor, kindness, and vodka on ice, toasting to the fact that she is a badass who left us all in the dust. I love that. So uh, the interesting part about Betty White is her transformative role on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. She didn't start that until she was 50. What can you imagine? And she obviously was a comedian all the way up until the end. She was on a lot of award shows, uh, and can you imagine starting something when you're 50 and then doing it for 49 more years? Now, that's not a question that is often asked, but I think it's something we ought to think about. You could have a whole new career. Maybe you're a doctor or a lawyer or whatever you are, a teacher, a fireman for you know, up to your age 50, and then you have 49 more years to do something else. That's fascinatingly interesting. And I think what Betty White was, was she was trying to get the people to laugh, but she also laughed at herself. She would wink at the camera and flash her magic smile. And I think we often forget the value of laughter. But published data, again, what we always try to do on the Vitality Explorer podcast, on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, is to back up what we're talking about with peer reviewed published data. But that data suggests that humor can help us live better and longer lives. Now. According to that paper, to be valuable for your health, that humor should not be disparaging to others, all right? So the Vitality Explorer analysis and recommendations based on uh, Queen Elizabeth and Betty White are the following. We should celebrate them. We should celebrate their approach to life. There's many of the lessons that we just went over that we can emulate, especially understanding your purpose and being an optimist. And we should try to be more like them because they were two transformative, amazing women. Okay, you can read again all the details about both of them on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. We're gonna finish this week's 100th Vitality Explorer podcast. Actually, there's longevity in that. So this this is the first tour about running your four minute mile and doing something crazy. So 100 podcasts, I thought that was impossible. Second is longevity based on optimistic and uh, purpose. we've definitely known our purpose with the podcast and try to stay in that lane. And this final thing we're going to talk about today is something we've talked about, but continues to be under-recognized. And the title of the post on the vital Explorer, Explorer Substack site is Lift Weights to Increase Your Brain Power. And that's why resistance exercise enhances executive function. Right? And here's a quote from one of the articles. And the, the article we're going to discuss is called... The Effects of Exercise Interventions on Cognitive Functions in Healthy Populations, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. And here's the fascinating quote. Quote, Exercise is increasingly being recognized as a promising non-pharmacologic method to maintain, improve, and even prevent the decline of human cognitive functions. All right, wait a minute. I'm going to drop the mic on this one because I think we need to repeat what I just said. And this is from that study. Quote, Exercise is increasingly being recognized as a promising non-pharmacologic method to maintain, improve, and even prevent the decline of human cognitive functions. All right, now the meta-analysis looked at 54 randomized control trials to determine the value of exercise for brain function for a variety of parameters, including executive function, memory, and global cognition. Now, I'm not a neuropsychologist or a neurologist, uh, so I want to just go over the definitions of each of those so that we understand what we're talking about. And these are from the paper. Quote: Executive function involves higher cognitive processes such as conflict management, inhibitory control, and decision making. So basically it's you know, the the boss in charge of your brain. Uh, Memory, uh, quote, refers to the process of acquiring and storing information in the brain, That's pretty basic. And the final one is global cognition is an umbrella term that refers to a variety of different areas of cognitive performance. So this is a pretty complex, detailed paper, but I wanted to give everybody the key findings from the paper, and here they are. Number one, resistance training uh, defined as increasing muscle strength, using some things like elastic bands, weight machines, enhanced executive function. Remember that's like conflict management, inhibitory control and decision-making. So what if you could lift weights and just be a better decision-maker? making And what if this is, this is what's crazy? They went through how much you had to do. The resistance exercise needed only to be of low frequency defined as one to, one to two times per week and moderate length, three to six months. So let's take the low end of that. You lift weights once a week for three months and you're gonna be a better decision maker, you're gonna have better conflict management and better inhibitory control, that's insane. Even if it's twice, twice a week for six months, that is amazing. Because what are the side effects of, of doing that? You build muscle strength, all right? That's number one. Number two, mind-body exercises, things like Tai Chi, yoga, dance, had significant positive effects on memory. So. If you're in that situation where you might be forgetting something, think about that, yoga, tai chi, or dance. And finally, aerobic exercise, that's things like walking, running, cycling, had significant positive effects on global cognition. So I know people know this, but we're repeating this over and over and over again on Vitality Explorers because a lot of doctors just don't talk about it. And these findings that I just went over are based on the results of dozens and dozens of studies. I put up a graph or something something called the forest plot, showing the value of exercise for global, for global cognition and executive function, and it's just staggering. All the studies that are out there that suggest this is valuable. So the Vitality Explorer analysis and recommendations about this is pretty simple. Exercise equals brain power, period, okay? And that this meta-analysis paper we talked about confirmed the value of resistance to improve executive function, and as little as once a week for three, time, for three months could have value. Um, And the other thing is like participating in interesting, maybe even collective courses or classes such as Tai Chi or yoga can improve your memory. And this new data is locked down proof, okay? This isn't debatable anymore. I don't wanna hear people say that this isn't meaningful because this is 54 randomized controlled trials evaluated in a meta-analysis that proves that exercise helps your brain. And we do not need any more evidence. We should we should just instead pivot to just relentlessly exercising if we want to maintain or enhance our brain function. And I don't think we should wait till tomorrow. So this is if, if you've made it to the end of this podcast, congratulations again. This is the hundredth Vitality Explorer podcast. My name is Dr. Alan Mishra. I'm an orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist. I love talking about vitality and brain vitality is a very important component, obviously, of our overall vitality but I would not want to wait till I started forgetting where my keys are or forgetting someone's name. Focus on what you control. You can control how much you exercise. Everybody can to some degree. So just start today to walk, hike, bike, swim, lift weights, do some resistance bands, just get moving, all right? Uh, I'd like to um, you know, cons- make sure everybody understands that this data is available up on the Vitality Explorer um, Pod, or Vitaly Explorer Substack site. Um, there's other things we put up there, including how purpose influences your, your brain. Uh, there's also the lessons from the Longevity Fest podcast from last week, uh, where I was in Las Vegas with 5,000 other uh, doctors talking about longevity. I encourage you to check that out. Um, this week, again, we talked about uh, trying to run your four minute mile, or what, what can you do that might be impossible in 2024? We took a little deep dive into Queen Elizabeth's and Betty White's longevity lessons and then we finished again with the uh, lifting weights to increase your brain power. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's been listening to the Vitality Explorer podcast. I get some amazing feedback from people. Please send me your comments, suggestions for future episodes or anything that I've gotten right or wrong in the past. Um, it is absolutely a delight to do this. Remember our quote from the beginning, um, it is always it always seems impossible until it's done. That's from Nelson Mandela. So whatever you're thinking about for 2024, whatever you want to do to make a dent in the universe, make a dent in your micro universe of wherever you are, get out there and get after it. Get out there and run your sub four minute mile. Please send me a note. You can also reach me at AM at Dare to be Vital. And I hope everybody has a wonderful end to 2023. 2023 and an awesome beginning to 2024. We're going to kick butt in 2024. There's so many good things that are coming around the corner for Vitality Explorers. Uh, I look forward to learning and working with many of you who have been uh, supportive of this endeavor. So until next time, everybody, get out there and dare to be vital. Thank you very much for listening.